Please be seated. I first want to begin by saying thank you to Chandler and to Aiden for being here this morning and for just getting to give us a glimpse of what has been going on in the lives of our young people throughout this summer. And thank you, Ashley and Charlie, uh, for that offering this morning. Friends, did you hear it? The Spirit of God is in this place. This past week, I was talking with our new facilities manager, Michael Shaw. Uh, Mike's been a member here for a number of years now and has just come on to our team. And he mentioned to me that our senior pastor, Patrick, had been working on the sermon sneak peek. And the thing is, is that I had just submitted the video for the sermon sneak peek. And, and, and I was concerned that maybe there was an overlap, uh, that there was a confusion about who was doing what this week. And so I went to see Patrick. And as I walked in, he immediately asked me a question about the gospel story that he was working on. He said, the gospel writer says that Jesus was speaking in the narrative format. Now, what does that mean? Caught a little off guard. I, I provided a few different answers that were all met with silence, indicating to me that I was not coming up with the correct answer. And so disappointed in myself for not having the right answer, I, I thought harder about the question, I, I tried to focus, and then I woke up. <laughs> and it was Friday morning, and I was laying in bed, and all of that had been a dream. Don't you love those kinds of dreams? They're about work, or, or maybe they're about school, about some responsibility that you have. They're, they're just real enough. The players are just real enough, the content is just real enough that you're, that you're not sure if it is a dream or in real time. In our scripture for this morning, God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah about false prophets who are misleading the people of Israel, interpreting their dreams. You see, they're sharing their dreams as divine revelation, as the word of God. And so, Having read this text about a week and a half ago and preparing for today, I've been hyper-aware this week about my dreams, trying to remember them each morning. The one I shared with you just now was by far the most coherent and shareable of them. Many of them, of course, simply absurd. So we'll come back to dreams in just a moment, but I'd like to, uh, to jump into our text for today, and I invite you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 23 beginning at verse 23 and going through chapter, or verse 29. And so I invite you to turn there now in your pew Bibles, the Bibles you've brought with you from home or on your mobile device. Hear the Lord speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long? Will the hearts of the prophets ever turn back those who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? They plan to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, just as their ancestors forgot my name for Baal. 
Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let the one who has my word to speak speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, says the Lord, is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So our our passage in Jeremiah this morning falls right in the middle of this section where the prophet is warning the people of Israel about false prophets, and specifically here about these false prophets that are telling their dreams as if they were the word of God. These false prophets who lead the people away from the path that God has laid out for them, away from God's design for them, away from God's purpose for them. So one of the things I'd like us to think about this morning is, are there false prophets now? One of the warnings that Jeremiah shares is, is listening to those who share their dreams as if their dreams are the word of God can lead you into dark places. Now it's important for us to understand this, that, that within the ancient Near East, within the culture where the people of Israel find themselves, dreams were routinely used as a means to understand the will of the gods, lowercase g. Now, a few weeks ago, I shared a little bit about the role of religion in the ancient Near East. Religion, in many cases, was a means to achieve an end. As I shared a couple of Sundays ago, the main purpose of religion was was to manipulate or appease the gods so that they would do what the people wanted. If, If the people provided the proper sacrifice, if they prayed the right prayer, then the rain would come, the crops would grow, and people would have what they needed to survive. And so in the ancient Near East, dreams were regularly used as a means to try and understand what sacrifices were needed, what right thing did we need to do next. But I'd like you to think for a moment about the dreams that you have at night and the difficulty of trying to interpret or infer some meaning from them about what's going on in your own minds, much less what is going on in the mind of God. And so according to Old Testament scholar J.A. Thompson, dreams did not seem to carry much weight among the people in ancient Israel. And they were generally rejected as a means of revelation. Now to be clear, we do see divine revelation through dreams in a few places throughout the Old and New Testament. For example, in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, Joseph. But those are far more the exception in Scripture than the rule when held up against all other forms of divine revelation. That is, of revealing who God is and what God desires. And so in summary, in Scripture, dreams are not seen as reliable in discerning God's will. And so these false prophets, recounting their dreams, are thus leading the people away from the path that God has laid out for them away from God's design for them, away from God's purpose for them. So what? What does that have to do with us now? What does it say to us today? Let me ask you, what voices 
are you listening to? What content are you reading? What voices do you allow into your sphere of influence? What voices are directing your path? And are they helping you live into the person that God has created you to be? Or are they leading you further away? What are those voices leading us away? Or rather, what are the false prophets now? I don't think there's a simple answer to this. It's incredibly difficult to discern all of the false prophets for a few reasons. First, because of the sheer volume of content that is out there now. In a 2015 January issue of the New York Times, a novelist and short story writer Teddy Wayne wrote an article entitled The, Unend- excuse me, the Unending Anxiety of an ICYMI World. Are you familiar with that initialism? ICYMI? It stands for In Case You Missed It. The initialism is typically used on social media and online news outlets to garner attention, to, to point people towards breaking news in case you missed it. Wayne writes, while the extended phrase has been used in conversation for a long time, the shorthand betrays an anxiety central to the internet epic. There is simply too much readable, viewable, and listenable data for anyone to stay abreast. He goes on, we're in the midst of the streaming era. When the news industry distributes material on a 24-hour cycle, entire seasons of TV shows are dumped on viewers instantaneously, most movies are available at all time, and the flow of the internet and social media is ceaseless. My sense is that, that we all sort of have a grasp of this but are not fully aware of just how true this is. Some reading I've done recently refers to to social media apps as infinity pools. It's a great phrase because you can scroll and scroll and scroll. We live in this world of endless, ever-growing content, and there are all kinds of people out there creating it. Many who make outlandish claims about all kinds of things based on unreliable information that gets retweeted, reshared, and forwarded straight to your inbox. There's so many voices, words, points of view. How do we even begin to discern what is true, what is reliable? How do we discern which are those voices leading us away from the path that God has laid out for us, away from God's purpose for us? Second, not only is there this abundance of content, but the considerable amount of misleading content makes us suspicious of everyone. Ronald Ernest Clements is an Old Testament professor at King's College in London and and writes this. He says, False prophecy is a threat to the integrity of the true prophet 
and serves to undermine the force and clarity with which the word of God is heard. Now, I think in our postmodern or, or perhaps our post-postmodern culture, that word prophet or prophecy is a stumbling block for us a bit. So let's just take it out. False information is a threat to the integrity of the truth and serves to undermine the force and clarity with which the word of God is heard. Friends, that is true right now. We are aware that there is false information and it clouds our ability to discern what is true and good. The final thing that I think makes it so challenging to discern what is true and what is good is that so much of this content is consumed on an individual basis. We do this on our own or in echo chambers of our own making that simply reinforce what we are already comfortable being true for us. Friends, hear this this morning. If you find yourself in a room of people who all agree, be wary. Because the reality is is that we're called to discern the will of God in diverse community with people who see things differently, who disagree with us, who are going to push and pull back on our own viewpoints because the truth is somewhere in there. This is hard and uncomfortable work, even among Christ followers, perhaps especially among Christ followers. Did you know that across the world there are 45,000 different denominations of Christians? Because we fail to come to an understanding, because we can't disagree well, because we pick up and run. The Tour de France recently concluded, and I heard a friend share that they believe it to be the most grueling athletic event in the world right now, and, and that may be true, and I'm, I'm grateful to have a, a brother-in-law who's an avid cyclist and can explain sort of the stages to me and give me an understanding of what's really happening there in the competition. These cyclists, they travel nearly 2,000 miles in just 23 days. And I am not aware of any other event where finishing last holds its own mystique. Have you heard this? The Lantern Rouge. Literally translated, that means the red light or the red lantern. After the red lantern that hangs on the last car of the train, signaling who is last. But in the race, it's the designation given to the cyclist who comes in at the end. This is often the person or teammate who has been doing the work for a fellow teammate, pulling them up a climb, delivering water or refreshment or much-needed sustenance to another rider on the team, uses their energy, and then gets dropped 
off the back, but manages to fight their way back to the group again and again. This race begins with nearly 200 cyclists. Typically only about 160 finish. In 2022, 176 began and only 135 finished. The fewest finishers since 2000. The Lantern Rouge is the rider who through tremendous adversity remains with the other riders, the one who again and again returns to the fold, who fights to be with the group. And so friends, as we move into this new school year together, in the midst of swirling information, false information, divisive information, what does it look like for us to fight to remain together? To struggle together? To discern together what God is doing here? The prophet reminds us The prophet reminds us here in the very beginning of the passage, saying, Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? We are reminded that the God we worship is Emmanuel, God with us, who has entered into existence with us, that God is the Spirit that moves among us, binding us together. Friends, will we listen? Will we struggle? Will we push and pull against one another with an understanding that God is here and that God has a plan for us, that God has a purpose for you and for me right here? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.